The main way this show grows is when loyal listeners like you share it with your community. You're listening to Toolbox of the Trades, brought to you by Service Titan, a podcast for top service professionals where we interview leaders for their best tips and tricks of the trades. Learn how industry trailblazers stay ahead of the competition and how you too can be at the forefront of an industry. Let's jump in. Hello, contractors, and welcome to the season four wrap-up episode of Toolbox for the Trades. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. My name is Jackie Abel, and I'm the host of the podcast. I'm also a content marketer for Service Titan and a self-proclaimed champion of the trades. If you're a longtime listener, you know the drill. Today, I'm going to recap some of the best tips, tricks, and tactics shared by this season's guests. This season, we talked about how to have a successful business partnership with a spouse or friend, how to find the right business mentor, leading your team, delivering exceptional customer service, women in the trades, and so much more. We'll be back Tuesday, January 25th with brand new episodes featuring some of the top contractors in the industry. We'll also be playing around with some new segments, sharing insights from some of Service Titan's world-class industry experts and delivering you the best intel on how to run your service business. I'm really excited to share the next season with you, but even more, I'd love to hear from you on how we can make it better. If you have a guest or topic suggestion, you can always tag me in the toolbox for the trades Facebook group, which we'll link to in the show notes of this episode. In the meantime, if you've been enjoying Toolbox for the Trades, which goodness gracious, I hope you have been, please share the show with someone who you think would enjoy it. The main way this show grows is when loyal listeners like you share it with your community. Also, if you happen to listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, please drop us a rating. This also helps the show get discovered by more people. The more of you who do this, the bigger our show gets, and then you get to say, I listened to Toolbox for the Trades before it was cool, and there's nothing better than being a trendsetter is there? Probably running a wildly successful service business, which incidentally, this podcast can help you do. So without further ado, I present to you the season four wrap up of Toolbox for the Trades. In the very first season of Toolbox for the Trades, we had a theme and that theme was leadership. Well, leadership continues to be a big part of most conversations we have on Toolbox. But what I really enjoyed about this season's conversations was that they spoke to the core facets of leadership. Let go of your ego and hold yourself accountable. When Rob Burney, a fourth-generation plumber, came into the role of president at Thomas R. Burney & Sons, a big part of his development as a leader was linked to the release of his ego. Here's Rob on how making that realization changed how he led his team. I was playing for me and only for me. I wasn't playing for anyone else. And so then that hit me like a ton of bricks. That was a that was the changing point in, in a lot of things that I was doing here at, in our business. That took me out of my own selfishness and ego and said, hey, I'm playing for the wrong reasons. As the leader, you can't be playing for yourself. Um, you have to come in and play for the others. You start out doing it for yourself. And that's the, the challenge as you, you know, as you're migrating through the different, you know, areas of the business and you're, you know, I know this and I know that, and I know, and I can, I can do it all. And, you know, and, but as a leader, 
your role changes, you know, like Simon says, uh, Simon said, says, you know, usually they, they promote the best guy who does the job. And now he's, you know, telling you how to do the job that he used to be the best at. They don't really provide him too much leadership training. And to be quite honest with you, um, for me, it was like one of those moments where it was like, man, I have to stop worrying about the metrics. You know, like part of that, another part of that meeting was you don't hear a coach yelling out, you know, on the baseball field, Hey, you're at 20, you know, you're 22%, you know, conversion. We need you at 30%, you know, let's go get a hit. You don't coach the metrics. You coach the people, you coach the behavior and you're not doing it for you. You're doing it to see them succeed. And, and like Maxwell says, if you can, can become a person of significance, success will never measure up after that. It doesn't matter how successful you are. If you can be significant to someone else, that's so fulfilling. Longtime service titan friend and partner, Kathy Nielsen, also joined us again this season with her new business partner, Lauren Schiefer, to discuss leadership in the trades. One thing the two women touched upon was how often leaders don't hold themselves accountable and how critical it is to not fall into that trap. Here's Kathy. All the time we see leaders that are supposed to hold others accountable, but don't hold themselves accountable. That's all that I see it all the time. And if a department is failing in whatever their numbers, their efficiencies, their culture, oftentimes it's because the person that's supposed to be holding them accountable can't even hold themselves accountable. It's really common. And so when she said that, I love that it's, you can't blame it, right? If you say what I have to do or not do, you can't say, well, so-and-so did this or did that. Because the other thing that a lot of leaders do is throw people under the bus. And that's one of the first things I always say, you can't throw your team members under the bus. You never have a conversation and say, like, I wouldn't sit down with Lauren and say, Jackie told me that you blah, blah, blah. Because now I'm throwing Jackie under the bus when she, you may have approached me with an issue that clearly is something maybe Lauren's doing wrong, but I'm never going to tell Lauren where I heard it. Yeah. And, and that's part of that whole accountability thing too, is if you're playing that blame game and throwing everybody under the bus, it doesn't create good leadership. So what can business owners do to let go of their ego and start holding themselves accountable? One option is to have a business partner. We've all heard the horror stories and words of caution about going into business with a friend or family member, but we highlighted two business partnership stories on season four that not only didn't go wrong, but were wildly successful. First up, Eric Sprague and Larry Wilburton, who taught us, yes, it is possible to run a business with your best friend as long as you practice self-awareness and know their DISC profile. Here's Larry. Well, the disc is all self-aware. That's where it starts with. You have to understand yourself and your own profile before you can start understanding other people and trying to use it to your benefit or everybody's benefit. So the more self-aware you are, the easier it is to communicate and deal with people. I mean, that's all aspects, aspects of your life. Unsurprisingly, the same piece of advice rang true for Brad and Sarah Casebeer, the founders of Radiant Plumbing and Air Conditioning, a $50 million business out of Austin, Texas, which, by the way, doesn't get any less impressive the more I say it. 
By taking their partner's perspective into mind, Brad and Sarah were able to push through disagreements and trust their partners to do what was best for the company. Here's Brad. We've both taken a lot of different roles at various times, but there's been times where we were pretty competitive, honestly, with each other or entrenched in our positions, really committed to being right about something. And it's like, it's really fascinating. I think a good, good decade plus of that was pretty uh, uncomfortable for us because it was a bit of a battle, you know, just Mm -hmm. trying to, trying to, you know, get our influence in or, you know, and, and kind of duking it out, you know, and it wasn't, wasn't really smooth. And I think uh, kind of going back to that idea of, of getting that coaching together, it just, you have to be humble enough to get coaching to begin with. I mean, that's, that's step one, you know, I mean, now people are listening to a podcast. They're kind of there, right? I mean, it's, it's the, uh, it's the ones that that don't get any help or pursue anything that are really, really in a lot of trouble and they're just going to be, you know, constantly butting heads. But when you get coaching together and you get that person, the outside perspective, and then you kind of get to see it from another angle. Finally, it helps so much. It, it, It started to really alleviate, uh, a lot of the friction that we had and then leaning into the coaching kind of helped us to be really confident with the decisions we were making and move a lot faster. Remind me to thank Brad for that seamless transition into our next big topic from this season, business coaching. We kicked off season four with Julian Scadden, the CEO of the Nextstar Network, one of the premier coaching associations in the trades. Unsurprisingly, Julian is a huge proponent of business coaching. Having worked at Nextstar for eight years prior to becoming their CEO, Julian believes that picking the right business coach or mentor is a whole process in and of itself. For those willing to put in the work, the payoff is worth it. The first step, be honest about where you're at in your business and how much you can commit to being coached. Here's Julian. Commit. We vet prospects in their ability to engage as well as their attitude. Because if you don't have the time outside of your day-to-day rhythm to implement and adapt and adopt some of our processes, then you really shouldn't be a member. But if you're looking at a group like Nexstar, to your point, we have everything, we have everything. And you don't have the time in the day to even focus on which way is north. We're going to be overwhelming for you and we may not be a good fit. So you may need to move in stages. And I know that some of the groups out there, you know, can really help you through some of those early adoptive stages. And then after that, we all like to say we have everything for you. This theme of honesty in coaching relationships really applied to the conversation I had with Jim Corcoran, head coach at BDR, and his client, Tony Marmon, owner at Trademark Mechanical. Tony said that in order for the coaching process to work, like really work, the person being coached needs to be serious, open, and honest about seeking answers and solutions. Here's Tony's advice for getting in the right mindset to be coached. I mean, it's just, it really just comes down to you wanting to get better. You know, if you're really, if you're really serious about it, you're going to be open and just uh, honest about, Hey, here's where I'm at, you know, um, not holding anything back. You know, egos can get in the way of a lot of things in life, I think. But if you're just really, if first of all, you know, if you've got the right mentor and, and, and you click, and we talked about relationships, you know, you develop that trust then you're going to open up more, more and more. And then you, you, you develop that relationship. But for me, it's, uh, it's more just, Hey, here's where I'm at. 
here's where I want to go, expressing your vision, what you're looking for, and then go get it. You know, let's figure out what it takes to go get it. But, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone I know it all. I'm learning every day. I'm never going to know it all. I mean, I just think that's just short way, a short-sighted way of looking at things. There's plenty of people, you know, that we bump into every day, and it just sucks working with know-it-alls. Not all mentors have to be outside of your business. Megan Geiler and her husband, Jimmy, benefit from a shared services model. Their company, Viva Electric, sits under the larger umbrella of the Griffin Brothers. One thing that has proved invaluable to Megan is the one-on-one mentorship she gets from the chief people and business integration officer at Griffin, Joe Brankus. Here's Megan. I feel like I get a lot of mentorship or at least guidance um, and input, good, really good input from um, Joe Brankus, who um, also is with Griffin uh, Brothers Shared Services. I feel like Joe is one of those people that knows at least a little bit, if not a lot about everything. You ask him a question, he's going to have a response. And if he doesn't have the response right away, he's going to find it for you. So I feel like every time I speak with him or like I bounce ideas off of him, he teaches me something new each time we talk. I'm always learning things from Joe and learning from his example as well with how he himself is a leader. I see how he, he acts as a leader. And I try to sometimes recreate that through myself. Whether you seek mentorship within an official capacity with organizations like Nexstar or BDR, or you find mentors within your community, the proof is in the numbers. Trademark Mechanical was able to open a second location and double their sales team because of coaching, while Viva Electric went from three to 23 vehicles in just four years. Business coaching and mentorship can put you on the fast track to success. But you know what else helps? Investing in your team. Chris Hunter, another return guest on the podcast, joined us for a special episode with his mentor and business partner, Ben Stark, which, by the way, was very convenient for the flow of this recap episode. Chris and Ben founded the GoTime Success Group, a coaching group dedicated to helping contractors succeed. A big thing this dynamic duo believes in is growing your people. And one way to do that is to help them build up their metaphorical toolboxes. Here's Ben with an explanation. So, you know, four four toolboxes, you know, of everything we do is kind of like, you know, with the physical toolbox, it's having the right tools and knowing how to go out in the field and use these tools to the best of their ability. So it helps them to move through their jobs quicker, you know, and then whatever project it is, you know, if it's changing a you know, a capacitor or toilet seat or whatever it may be, you know, having the correct stuff to to move through there quick. Then it's having knowledge about what you're doing. And that's a lot about what our training is based upon is teaching everything, everything and every little aspect of all these different tasks that they've got to go out there and perform. And then you can have all the knowledge in the world, but if you don't have the communication toolbox, you know, you can't really transfer this on a personal level to that customer where they comprehend what you're talking about without talking over their head. So it's important for us to teach the, you know, the toolbox, the the knowledge about the knowledge toolbox, the communication toolbox, and then the most important one of all 
is the mindset toolbox. You know, you know, you 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 start to, towards a job. You, my job is you know not cooling air conditioner or whatever it be or hot water heater not heating. And you, as you're heading to the job, you're starting to think about what the process you're going to start going through at this job. And the mindset is. You know, you step out of that truck and you turn off all the bad things in, in your in your life and you kick on the professionals, turn the, turn the professional light switch on to where you're approaching that job with a clear head every time you walk to it so that you are successful at what you're doing and you're not letting all the things on the outside of your life influence what you're trying to do to make yourself better and grow your wealth as an individual. If Wilby Evans, safety and training manager at Albuquerque Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling, could add another toolbox to Ben's list, it'd probably be a safety toolbox. This former firefighter turned tradesman came on the podcast to preach that experience in the field does not equal skill, and that one of the best investments a growing service company can make is creating a comprehensive training program, because a lot of the guys in the field need it. The fault, Wilby argues, isn't in the technician, but rather in the lack of official training within the trades. Here's Wilby. Well, oftentimes, you know, you look at someone's resume or they'll claim in, a, in an interview, you know, how many years they've been in the trade. And we tend to think, oh, experience must mean then that they know what they're doing. If they were never properly trained to begin with, then their experience doesn't mean they have the skills they need. They may have been doing something for a very long time incorrectly. So experience does not equal skill. It could if you're practicing the right skills and you're learning as you go. Experience really only equals time. And we've seen again and again people who have had decades of experience that lacked fundamental skills. And the skills that they did have were basically workarounds, not doing things correctly. You know, I've had people come in the trades of 20 years in the trade. You know, I'm in the HVAC, you know, I'm licensed in plumbing and in HVAC and can't, uh, for those of the HVAC folks that might see this, you know, can't explain fundamental principles like what's subcooling and superheat. That's, that's first year of apprentices. And these are 20 year vets don't understand it. And I've met plenty of guys that are installing furnaces and do not understand how to adjust the gas pressures or derating, which is something you have to do when you're at altitude. We're at 5,000 feet. Guys that have no idea if they're supposed to do that, but will claim because they've been doing it for so long, they know what they're doing. While growing your own training program from scratch may seem like a daunting task, Margie Baker's team at One Hour, Ben Franklin, and Mr. Sparky in Richmond, Virginia, leveraged their franchise partnership to fill the training gap. During our interview, Margie spoke about how her team leverages programs offered by the Clockwork franchise to grow green techs. Not only does this give her team a solution to the hiring shortage in the trades, they're confident that their techs are getting trained properly. Here's Margie. As you know, we're part of the Clockwork franchise. So we have some benefits of being a franchisee in regards to like Success Academy and different things like that, where we can essentially teach them how to talk to customers. Like it's a lot of that how to, and then we take them out into the field for several months. Um, I'm talking six to 12 months where they're just doing ride alongs with technicians and trucks, or they're uh, just not a gopher on an install, but pretty close to it, (laughs) you know, where they're learning front to back on what, you know, how the units come out, how the units go in. We do brazing techniques in the back and just all that. And in between with a bunch of ride alongs and then one-on-one sessions with myself, 
and other management team members in the back of just walking through customer-led scenarios of, you know, how do you approach the door? How do you knock on the door? You know, what do you say when you get to the thermostat? You know, front to back on just how to talk to customers, how to present solutions for customers and how to bring it up. And at the end, you know, indirectly, you know, how do you ask somebody for $500 after it's all said and done? Because, <laughs> you know, that tends to be the hardest thing they have to do. But we, we walk them through it step by step. And the franchise helps a lot of that, too, because they have a lot of great training programs, too, that they go through. By the way, Margie loved being on the podcast so much that shortly after we recorded this interview, she officially joined the Service Titan team as a customer success manager. Welcome to the team, Margie. Hiring you was certainly a home run. So you're leading your team, you're working with a coach or a mentor, you're investing in your people, but what else can you do to get your company from good to great, especially as you scale? In this season of the podcast, I interviewed a lot of well, I, I don't know how to put it, um, process nerds, but process perfectionists, if you will, who shared some of their top tips for laying the groundwork for growing your business. First up, I spoke with Josh Kelly from Magic Broom Chimney Sweep about making data and information as accessible as possible to new hires with an online company handbook powered by G Suite. Here's Josh. So the first thing is, we always start with the company handbook and hopefully someone other than me reads word for word through the company handbook. That is the main day one focus is learning that and learning the website because more than likely the answer you're looking for is, is in there. And just recently, you know, as we talked a while ago about Google cloud search, that is the greatest new find of this year was Google Cloud Search and just type in a few keywords, you'll probably find it. That is such a great tool because it'll even search PDFs. It'll search Word documents, Google Docs. It searches your email. Like it is the, literally, I can't say enough great things about it. But on the site, because most people aren't using G Suite before they come in here, I have links right at the very top of the page to everything. We use Gchat internally. So there's a Gchat icon. There's a, uh, the, the docs, the sheets, the calendar, the maps, the Google Meet, the Keep Notes. I like that. That's a big one for me. The drive and the Google search icons are all right on the top of the page. So it's like, and really, and just below the fold is access to the company share folder, which is where, again, where some all these documents exist in a, you know, just a different format. So getting them there and getting them acclimated with that is, is top priority because it literally, there's no reason beyond that on why you didn't know a policy. Because mm. you can look it up, you can type in one or two keyword searches and you can find what you want very, very quickly. So if you want to know, what do I do after I complete a sale? Well, type in complete a sale, another, a document will come up and boom, here's what you do. Even when you have all of your systems and processes documented online and easy to access for your team, there's always going to be things that come up in your business that you can't prepare for. And that's where Angie White, the back office manager at Mercurio's Heating and Air, shines. Angie joined us on this season of the podcast to share how processes can prepare you for anything, even a record-breaking heat wave that had Pacific Northwest contractors like her booked out for weeks. Here's Angie. We knew it was going to be a really big, busy time for us. So 
we saw it coming on the Tuesday in advance. We saw that the weekend was going to be over 100 degrees. And so I started thinking about what do we need to do? Because normally we would have like one or two on-call technicians. We're going to need to have more. We're going to need to have a salesperson to be able to uh, do do what we call a turnover, where if there is something that has broken down, it's not worth repairing, we'd want to replace it. And so we need to have our sales team available. So a lot of my processes were just thinking ahead to what was going to be needed and really figuring out what, who would be needed, what would be required of us as a company and as the people that were working on call that weekend, what would be required of us, how we could make sure that we weren't scheduling the wrong customers. That was really important to me. I didn't want to burn out my technicians in this heat that we're not used to. We don't get heat like this. So the process was just thinking ahead to all scenarios that could happen. And that's what I always do. If someone wants to talk about coming up with some new procedure, I think about all the bad things that could happen. And (laughs) I'm not joking. I truly think about all the bad things that could happen. And how can we solve that now before it actually happens? Because your company probably wasn't flooded by calls due to a once in a lifetime weather event, marketing is probably one of your top priorities. That's why this season we had a bunch of marketers on the podcast to share the top tricks and tactics they've learned to get the phone to ring. Yes, even during the slow season. On his episode, Chris Yano spoke about while most contractors are shy about offering ballpark pricing on their website, it can actually help with conversion rates. Here's Chris. When I have a customer, a contractor who shares pricing on their website, even if it's a ballpark, the actual conversion rate is pretty significant and and meaning it's high. It's decent because a lot of times people will call in and say, Hey, can you give me a ballpark on? And the contractor normally says, well, I got to send a comfort consultant out there, try and get it. Okay. Thanks. I'll call back. Click. So the odds are you actually win more, even by putting a ball, even if it's a ridiculous ballpark, at least you're sharing a minimum in there somewhere and the customer is more willing to move forward. And it's becoming more and more common. Think about it because people don't even want to call in the first place. So it's becoming more and more common. It's just that you don't want to go so low and you don't need to go so low on the cost just to try and like get them to, to make, give you a phone call you got to do what's right for your business. You got to do what's valuable and it's okay. People will understand the value of it. It's just, all you're doing is giving a ballpark. You sell in the ballpark, right? But by giving nothing today, I think you stand to lose far more that way than you do by sharing at least a ballpark. Another way to get the phones to ring is to try and expand into another demographic, which is exactly what Mario Campirano did. Mario's company, Express Electric, operates out of Southern California, which has a large Hispanic population. By targeting native Spanish speakers in his advertising, Mario was able to service more customers in his community and provide unforgettable customer service at the same time. Here's Mario. Because you'd be amazed at People were calling us from our ads and they spoke English. But in their home, the first language they spoke was Spanish. So they would watch Spanish TV or look at whatever they're doing in Spanish, right? And their second language was English, but their second language in English was great. Hey, I've seen you guys on TV. I want to see if you guys can come out here. All right, great, right? So we didn't change the way we answered our phone. 
but we would change the way we would speak once the person would start speaking. Two things would happen. Either they automatically start talking in Spanish or they would start saying, hablas español, which asking us, do we speak Spanish? And I said, it's about when we adapted to that, the comfort that you can give to somebody else that you do speak that language is great. I mean, just picture yourself going to a different country that you don't speak that language. And you're like, does anybody here speak English? And once you find that person, you're like, yeah, great, man. Help me, bro. Help me. Right. So that, I'm pretty I'm sure I'm pretty sure they found comfort within that. Desiree Grossman, owner of Female Service Pros, also advised listeners to not forget about nurturing existing customer relationships. As a consultant who specializes in working with women-owned businesses, Desiree believes that repeat business is possible in all the trades, which is why you should always be nurturing. Here's Desiree. I think you should always be nurturing. Uh, Email marketing is becoming so much more popular in, in the trades, and it's funny because it's Email marketing has been used for years in other industries, but just to stay top of mind. And that's a great way to stay top of mind with, with those customers that, um, you know, may not need you now, but they're going to need you again someday. So something as simple as that. And I know service Titan has marketing pro where you can automate that and, and just, you know, blast out your blog posts once a month, or, you know, a tip here and there when the season changes or your coupons or whatever. So those can be great ways to do that. But yeah, always, you know, new customers too, are, are going to be the lifeblood of your business. New customers become repeat customers in the future. So, you know, another thing I like to say with that is just make sure you're giving both the new customers and the old customers, the same customer experience. They should both be getting the luxury treatment, you know, whether they're brand new and it's their first time hiring you or whether they've hired you 20 times. Don't get complacent with that customer that has hired you again and again and again. Always give the same or, you know, the top notch experience that they deserve and, and are paying for. One final thing to be mindful of when marketing, though, is that good marketing can sink a poorly run company fast, which is one of the first things Ryan Redding, CEO of DP Marketing Services, wanted to share with us on his episode. Ryan's biggest piece of advice, make sure you are prepared to deliver an exceptional experience throughout the entire customer journey. Here's Ryan. Let me start by saying there, there's a joke in marketing that great marketing makes a bad product fail faster, right? So a lot of these guys are like, hey, I just need phone calls. I just need leads. I need my job work full. If that's the focus, if that's like the most important thing in the world, what will likely happen is that those more leads will drive that company to a more quick demise. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because really, everyone listening to this right now, they're not in the job of turning a wrench anymore. They're not reseeding toilets. They're not installing a mini split. These guys are in the customer service business. They take care of people. And the thing about people is people aren't exactly logical beings who sometimes feel or emotional beings who sometimes think. So we really need to be mindful of the customer experience from start to finish, from before they, they call you, before you pick up the phone, to how you answer the phone, to how you wrap up the call and move on it is really important to be putting the customer at the center of every part of your decision-making process. If you think the customer is a burden or a chore or an obstacle to get to your next job, you're completely missing the point on why that phone is trying to ring to begin with. 
Speaking of always putting the customer first, Russell first started his multi-trade business in 2018 and has already hit $3.3 million in revenue. With his goal being rapid and scalable growth, Russell was doing everything he could to get in front of customers. Since Russell's business was still in the early stages, though, mistakes were understandably made. However, Russell was able to maintain his five-star reputation by always, always delivering excellent customer service. Here's Russell. Just like I train my people here in-house, it just goes to show people don't care about the install. They care about the experience they have with the company. So as long as you're as long as you handle the customer like a professional, we came away with five-star reviews. Even though the installs were, were weren't up to par, the customer does not know any different in a sense. All they know is their heat works or, or this, or when you're having trouble, you handled them in a professional way that made them happy and feel comforted. But I don't know how we, I don't know how we maintain our reputation through that, man, but it just goes back to my people and our, and our in-house training and uh, just being able to maintain those customer relationships. It was, it was really incredible. Ben DeMarco of DeMarco & Associates has a similar viewpoint on customer service as Russell. His opinion, when you only focus on installs, you miss the opportunity to truly delight a client and create a customer for life. Here's Ben. There's so many opportunities beyond just putting in a unit for somebody. There's zoning, there's all the IAQ products, there's air balancing, there's you know, supplemental stuff. We, we, in the last couple of years, we've been pretty heavy, even residentially in these um, tankless boilers that can do domestic hot water and snow melt and radiant heat in people's homes. And, you know, uh, up here, you know, in Cleveland, when it's crummy outside and six inches, of, eight inches of snow, and people are chiseling away ice, it's amazing how many more people have become open to the idea of putting at least their front porch and a little sidewalk area where they walk out all the time to put snow melt under the patio. So, I mean, there's cost, there's no question it's costly, but you know, if you, people are, customers are not dumb. If you explain to them what there is available to help them with anything that they're looking to do, you find most of them, you know, it's a matter of just, can they, can they fit it in their budget? You know, we have customers that I've been doing work for, not just, you know, I've had DeMarco and Associates for 16 years, but going back prior to that, there were people that were connected with me that just wanted me to do their work, and I'm still doing work for them. It's from almost 30 years ago. So we kind of look at what we do as, you know, you having a doctor or an accountant or a dentist or, you know, a profession, right? Who do you go to? You know, people know they can go to us for any heating or cooling problem, for their domestic hot water, indoor air quality or if they think it's even related to that. The best way to deliver exceptional and unforgettable customer service is to align it with your team's goals. One way that Barbara Pfeiffer, dispatch manager at the Eco Plumbers, achieved this was by segmenting her dispatchers by department. This allowed her DSRs to specialize in different service offerings and master their craft. It also helped her scale the dispatch team more efficiently. Here's Barbara. Just we can talk, we can communicate, we can do everything on the board. And once you're talking about having six dispatchers, everything changes. Everybody can't do everything anymore. And you can't be an expert in your head. You have to be an expert on service type and you have to be an expert at putting the notes in and being able to communicate properly interdepartmentally too. So I think that is something I wish I truly maybe 
even thought about more so is how much the growth was going to impact how the structure should change. We have definitely now changed our focus and not looking at everything as the entire business, but that every department is its own business, just like their business units in service Titan, their, their business units to us. And that's how we have to treat them because every different department has a different goal. So, you know, for example, if we're talking about our sewer department, you know, their main focus is the LTOs and how to, you know, have a proper lead turnover for the sales technician. So when we're talking about a drain technician and we're talking about a service technician that we would like them to sell and do for the same day, and they are the revenue producers and they need to produce for themselves. We're talking about two completely different goals. So I think in the beginning, when I started getting more dispatchers, I just, it felt very overwhelming to connect everybody's goal when they were different. So I think really learning that separation has to happen at some point, the bigger you get. Mario Martinez, COO of Ben Franklin Plumbing and Scott's One Hour Air in Tampa, Florida, also found a unique and innovative way to motivate his team members. At Ben Franklin and Scott's One Hour Air, managers are held accountable to the profitability of every single job, not just a rounded monthly or quarterly number. As a result, the company has experienced massive profit growth year over year. Here's Mario. I needed a different way to have my managers more invested into every single job that we go. And and the only way that I have found out has been the best is doing it by individual jobs. I mean, I'm talking about um, material being used, material being returned. You know how it is in this industry. You order parts. They never come back to the warehouse. Well, the managers now, they make sure everything that it wasn't used on that job is returned, applied to the to the job as credit and returned back to the, to the vendor if we were not going to use it. So a lot of little details here and there um, that have um, helped us with our, our margins. Ever since we've been doing it, every single one of our jobs, um, I mean, it is pretty close, if it's not a, almost 100% to the T, according to our budget and, and goals. Finally, it wouldn't be a season of toolbox for the trades if we didn't cover a topic that was near and dear to my heart, women in the trades. Samantha Salazar went from part-time secretary to general manager in just three years. She credits the ton of free resources available online, like this podcast, as well as the encouragement and support she got from her boss. Here's her advice for recruiting more women and men into the industry. You have to revamp your ad you know, and encourage whoever to apply. You know, you don't necessarily have to say, hey, women apply here, you know, or encourage women to apply, submit application here. It's more of a, if you think that you can do this and if you think you can handle this, just apply. Like I will interview you. And that's what we did too. And that's my new tactic is I interview everybody at this point. You know, anybody who is applying, it's just, some of them are not resume writers. You can't judge somebody by their resume. I'm sorry. Half of our guys, and that's my experience in my, especially in, in the trade, is that like a couple of our guys didn't have great resumes. They didn't have great experience. And their experience that they had wasn't anything near the trade. There wasn't anything in, in trades at all, you know, but we 
interviewed them regardless and loved their personality and they wanted to learn. They wanted to have the opportunity to be in a trade. And you wouldn't, you can't tell that by a resume that says, oh, I was a, a cook, a line cook at, you know, for example, a nursing home. We have a guy that was a, a cook at a nursing home. You know, we have a guy too that had no experience at all in the field, or he did have a little bit of experience construction like years ago, but based on his resume, normally you wouldn't necessarily call that person to come in an interview because they didn't have trade experience. I didn't have trade experience. <laughs> like, let's talk about that. <laughs> I never even picked up a power tool at this point. You know, I knew how to screw in a light bulb. I knew how to pump gas, <laughs> but that's as far as I got, you know, and then here it's, you just have to do it. And that's why I interview, I interview everybody who, supply, who applies and, you know, and people who want the job and actually want the job, they will show up. And you can usually tell by the first, what, three minutes of a conversation if they're somebody who's worth giving a shot for, you know, ask your questions and don't judge a book by its resume. And that is a wrap for season four of Toolbox for the Trades. As always, it is an absolute pleasure and a privilege to create this show for you. So thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And thank you for sharing Toolbox for the Trades with your community. We'll be back Tuesday, January 25th, 2022 with brand new episodes. Until then, I hope you all have a wonderful and safe holiday season.